This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Coach Hog here right now for the time being on the Ward Scott Files. A little bit I'll be, be Professor Ward Hog, Ward Scott. And we're in uh, the Manly Warthog Command Center here. And we're inside the Mellon Law Studio with 50 years of experience, the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, protected 24-7-365 by none other than crime prevention, CPSS.nut. And check out the bunk shots. You never know what you'll find there. Well, I tell you what, it was a big weekend for college football, was it not? And you got to hand it to the Gators. They finally looked as if they were all together and knew what they were doing and had everything under control and could go ahead and, you know, coordinate both on side, both sides of the line of scrimmage and all the above. And um, now we just sort of wonder if they're going to be able to carry it on out to the end and become bowl eligible. But you got to applaud them when they did well. And I think it was maybe the first time a lot of people are saying that they saw Richardson really start to gel as a quarterback. Let's keep our fingers crossed and hopes that hope that keeps going on. It's um, really a, a very competitive world, as you know. And if you don't think it isn't a competitive world in college football, take a look at what I'm just going to editorialize and say was a, one of the most uh, thrilling football games I've ever seen. And that was the game between, of course, Alabama and LSU, right down to a gamble by uh, none other than Brian Kelly, to decide to go for two and say the heck I'm not going to put up with this uh, forever this uh, play uh, this uh, overtime stuff. I have been watching Brian Kelly. I know he now know that he was really quite something for LSU to land, but I didn't know that. I just was looking at him in the post game press conferences, and I was very impressed by him. And I tell you why I was impressed by him by the way he presents himself. He took me back to the days of Bud Wilkerson. Bug Wilkerson had the long streak with Oklahoma. I don't know, 50. I, I've forgotten how many victories he had. And he was always dressed very formally with a hat and a tie. He was in the uh, mold that once upon a time, the Dallas Cowboy coach presented himself that way. And, uh, of course, uh, Papa Bear did for the Bears and even uh, Coach Lombardi. Uh, these guys were from a different era. Uh, they dressed formally. They could have been in an office meeting with the CEOs and fit right in. You wouldn't see them lumber in in their jock clothes and and uh, look as if they walked on their knuckles. Uh, these guys are very polished, and Brian Kelly makes me think of that. I didn't know this, but I looked up a little uh, some stuff about him. He has more victories than any active coach in major college football. Um, he has a 10-year $95 million contract plus incentives, and he is uh, the 34th head coach in LSU football history. 
it hired him away from uh, a northern climb down to the southern, totally different culture, if you will, from Notre Dame down here to Louisiana in the bayou. And he uh, uh, came in to continue the uh, obsession, of course, all these colleges have with um, having some sort of uh, national championship every time they go out. So um, he has 280 career victories in his collegiate head coaching job. He has the most among active football uh, coaches. He's uh, only one of five active coaches who has guided their programs to multiple undefeated regular seasons since 2009. And he's led his teams to the college football playoffs in two of the last three seasons. It sure shows when he gets ready to go out on the field and behave as he did uh, with this decision-making. And his players, and of course Alabama's players as well, played right all the way as hard as they could play. That was a real contest of, of psychological contest, physical contest, intellectual contest. And I have to say that Kelly won it. Kelly won it probably with players not quite as uh, deep, if you will, uh, as Alabama. The freshman caught both uh, uh, passes in the end zone, only 18 years old, playing football in high school last year. Uh, then you have two freshman linemen for LSU. It's, it's quite impressive that his programs have now always exemplified excellence. He gets these guys to share his values and his vision. And I think LSU has got a winner there, obviously, um, we uh, played them and they whooped us, but um, we'll see how we do too. As both of the coaches, I understand, as we have, and of course Kelly, and talk about developing a culture at wherever they are, of which football is one a component. Uh, they commit their students to athletes really to academic excellence, community excellence, and uh, rich traditions and passions for the game. Uh, this goes out into the recruiting world and sells very well. Uh, he graduates elite student athletes. Um, it's quite impressive. So I wanted to uh, note that very early on this year, I watched the postgame uh, press conferences of, of, of Coach Kelly, and I thought without really knowing much about him, uh, he was something different. He was a cut above. Um, he even transformed Cincinnati into a football powerhouse when he was there. He won Big East titles in 2008, 2009. Um, it's really kind of interesting. He uh, came from, when he first took over in 2004, he was Central Michigan's coach, where uh, one of our former coaches is now. So uh, he, he has really done well wherever he's gone. And I tell you, that game, if you didn't see it, if it ever replays it, Possibly you can uh, put it out here on one of the replay systems and take a look at it. See, production can give me a screen image of myself right now. Don't have that yet, production. Um, the uh, uh, Astros, of course, won the World Series, and um, they have done it in an unusual way. I want to just go into the history of how they did it a little bit because it's been studied. Uh, they have done it with a pitching secret and the pitching secret is uh, uh, that they get inexpensive pitching and they get, therefore, more bang for their buck. 
And the way they've done it, traditionally in the pitching market, uh, they seek uh, the, the baseball teams seek 16-year-olds who throw hard for their age, have a certain body length and all the mechanics and all that. And um, But these guys went for older pitchers, maybe 18 or 19 or 20, and they knew what they were looking for with the older pitchers because they had studied, as most of these athletic organizations are doing now, where they're all their athletes, they are putting on high-speed video, TrackMan radar systems, three-dimensional images of the of the players, baseball in this case, in motion. Uh, they study the data on what makes a good fastball, what makes a good curveball, when you throw it, what angle. And they look for this uh, in the prospects of whom they're going to get as pitchers. They x-ray the pitcher's hands. Uh, they take a look at um, a lot of different things in the development of the pitcher. But they have gone older uh, than normally and picked older pitchers because of their analysis of the data and their configuration of what's going on. So it's, um, it's a, a physical projection they've got down to a science, and it really kind of made the difference, did it not, in uh, this function here. I'm waiting for my image to come up on the screen. There we go. And um, that, that uh, really was uh, uh, a little bit, a bit of a game changer. They, they were able to control the powerful hitting, which uh, showed itself right now and then of the Phillies. So um, this emphasis, uh, this is the same, the guy who developed this, uh, a guy named Alunlao, he was suspended and fired in January 2020 because of the electronic sign-stealing scandal, uh, which he maintained he didn't have anything to do with. But this is the same guy who brought you the finely detailed analysis of what age group you could go for and get pictures at a lesser dollar and more of them. And he did so by looking at uh, the mechanics through the data processing uh, data that they have. I'm watching a little arrow on my screen now fly around there for some reason. So anyway, um, uh, that is the story on the Astros. So we've got an interesting uh, thing to look at the rest of the season here uh, with the uh, college uh, football. And keep your eye on Brian Kelly and the LSU Bengal Tigers. They did storm the field afterwards like Tennessee fans did, but they did not uh, tear the goalpost down. So that was really uh, something I, I think that you should uh, keep in mind. I mean, that's really uh, an interesting story. Um, uh, locally here, to switch now to uh, Professor Warhol here in the uh, Manly Man Cave, I want to remind you that um, – um, early voting is over now. I'm watching the little arrow again, uh, Jason. Um, I, don't, uh, there's, um, I have to talk to production now and then because we've got a lot of things to share with you today. Um, the first time in 30 years, um, when you go to vote Tuesday, if you haven't voted yet, you have the opportunity to have real representation in Alachua County. Uh, Single-member districts allows you to vote for the representative of your, of your choice, or your district instead of your representative being voted on by the county at large. Single member districts therefore amplifies your voice, increases accountability, and reclaims your true representation. So when you vote, if you haven't voted yet, you need to make your voice heard this election day Tuesday by voting yes on single member districts. There's no question what you've got to do that. 
Uh, that I'm going to segue now into something that is really interesting about this battle over single member districts. I received this email uh, from uh, uh, Stafford Jones and Stafford Jones and Ed Brady are kind of embarrassed that evidently something slipped by them that should not have slipped by them. And I'm going to tell you what it is. And it's made a profound difference here at the last minute in voter turnout. Early voting was being led by the Republicans in Alachua County up until Sunday. Now, what happened Sunday that made the Democrat early voting overtake the Republican early voting? And when you take a look at the early voting, all right, you are seeing that it was from souls to the polls. Souls to the polls is a basically it is run by the preachers who fill the buses, who take the people to vote. And here's the catch. It is the only voting precinct open that day. Now, that's a big that's a big problem. That is a big problem. Early voting in Alachua County is supposed to have multiple sites throughout the county. But right at the last minute, only one location, Sunday, becomes the only early voting precinct. Are you with me on this? This is the last and only early voting precinct. There's supposed to be multiple early voting precincts. Now, keep in mind, the supervisor of elections is a Democrat. I don't know if it means anything. But because of this one precinct being open and none of the others open, the Democrats overtook the Republicans in early voting. Now, the people who live out in the countryside and elsewhere in the community who would have voted at other early precincts don't like to go downtown, shouldn't have to go downtown. And so they don't early vote. They're probably under the impression that there are no early voting precincts open. Well, there is one. And guess who overflowed it? And guess who made all the big political speeches Blasting single-member districts. Ken Cornell with the black voters. Now, as the start of that day, Republican performance was behind Democrat performance by less than a point. And at the end of the day, the Democrats were out by 1.6%. 1.6 points. You say that doesn't make a difference? That makes a big difference. Now, why is it that there is so much mistrust of voting? Well, it's not always because of voter beep. It's because of things like this. Oh, well, is it fair? Well, nobody ever, ever asked. Is it legal? Well, nobody ever asked. The configurations here of the way it was done have specifically benefited one political party with the downtown population taking advantage as steered by souls, where the souls come from. So 
what can you do about it? You see, you'd like to think you think of everything, but then maybe you don't. And this is really kind of uh, interesting because the comments down there, as I understand it, I was not there, but I've been told repeatedly now by several inputs that the comments were all about single-member districts and bashing single-member districts and calling people dark money at the only precinct open, which is downtown. Anyway, there you are. You can make up for it. If you're upset about this, you just learned about it. What you might want to do is get everybody you can to get vote on Tuesday, which you should be doing anyway, because you're behind the eight ball here uh, with these uh, people doing this to you. And, you know, there's so much confusion, deliberate confusion. You have to ask about this. Uh, there, here, here is this big beef again, once again, about felons being unable to vote. It's in the Gainesville sunset, all right, off the USA Network. The Democrats are beefing about, uh, please, Jason, why is that little hand on the screen for me? Okay, the uh, Democrats are beefing about um, what? Felons voting? Felons can vote if they pay back what they took. Nobody ever, ever, ever and these discussions mentions the victims. Never, ever, ever mentions the victims. Now, this whole investigation into voter babe started. You have to understand this, remember this, right here on the Ward Scott Files with our investigator, instigator, and me sharing this with you. And then the public picked it up and it began to get its own life. That's what we do. We have a vast research team, okay? You are part of this research team. We're going to have a story in a minute. That's a result of the research team feeding us documents. And we are the ones who put it out there. What is done with what we share with you is your business. You are the listeners. You are the real activists if you choose to be. But I want you to be intelligent about what you do and know how you do it and why you're doing it. This whole business about felons being ripped off, what about the victims being ripped off? If you're a felon and you pay back what you took, you can vote. Of course, some of them can never pay back what all they took because they're multiple felons and they've never paid back anything. So if you're going to swallow that, that uh, all of this... Uh, Arrest of these people are innocent people who really just didn't know what they were doing. Go take a look at the rap sheets. And in our case, go take a look at somebody went into the jug and signed them up. We didn't have, you know, and went looking for them. Did that person inform them of what they were looking for and why they were looking for them? Do you know that? Do you, you know, well, come on. We're going to have Kim Barton on the stand after the election. She's going to be called up there under oath to explain herself. So this is uh, 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 per perfectly legal, uh, legal and lawful. And this creation of confusion 
is being done by the people who are trying to obfuscate this thing and deliberately confuse it and put the blame where it isn't supposed to be and take it away where it is supposed to be. If you rip something off and went to the jug and then acted like as if you never did, particularly if you are a sex offender or a murderer, you know, what? but there are people, as I've said before, who repeatedly, who want anybody who can make a breath on a mirror able to vote. So thank goodness our note in a bottle off this island called the Words God Files drifted out to sea and was heard by multiple news media outlets, Breitbart, Politico, some of these places, and a governor's office. And out of that, the governor created a, 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 an organization that is going to really start looking, that's going to have money, that's going to have investigators. And, you know, there's no telling where this is going to stop for how long this has been going on. And the question is going to become, why haven't these supervisors of elections been doing their job well, they do their job, obviously. They shut down here locally, Tim Barton, every single uh, um, early voting precinct except the one downtown. Is that doing your job? Is that called doing your job? So um, this is going to require constant vigilance, constant uh, uh, straightening out of the mischaracterization of events, letting people know. Uh, what the real story is, and you know where where uh, where it all goes. There's another bogus story that I want to get to before I get to the big one. You may have seen a story printed uh, about how the sheriff held uh, uh, got all this money. I think it was seven percent for raises from the county commission, and only gave two point three of it to the people for raises. You know, there's, you know, let me tell you something. That's not the story. The story is the sheriff can't do that until the union approves it. He doesn't know. You know, he can't just go. Uh, uh, he's got several organizations. I'm not take the current sheriff out of the out of the equation. Sheriffs have several entities to work with. They have to work with the unions. They have to work with the commissions. They have to work with the people they govern. You know. And the complicated, they're constitutional officers. They don't take their marching orders from the county commission, thank God. Because if they did do it the way the city commission does it, look at the mess you would have. And the city commission in Gainesville runs the GPD department. And we're looking in right now, we got another investigation going on into why this police officer can appear in uniform at a gay pride event with a gay pride label on his on his GPD uniform. And the answer we've gotten so far is, well, we're an inclusive police department. Well, if you're an inclusive police department, does that mean you can put a KKK label on there? Or you could put, um, you know, um, Oath Keepers or Proud Boys on there? What, what do you mean? What do you mean? You're an inclusive. What is it? I've heard this inclusive stuff. Inclusive. I don't know what it means. It really means exclusive. You can put a great pride label on a GPD uniform with whose approval and under what policy? Well, under the inclusive policy. Okay, how about if I put Oath Keepers on there? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. Really? 
They have parades too. That's what you get into when you let the civil commission, city, civil, civilians run the cops for political reasons. The county doesn't work that way. The county commissioners have hated the sheriffs because they can't control them. The county commissioners are liberals. Hutchison wanted Sadie Darnell, who was sheriff then, to completely stop arresting people for pot. Well, she said, I can't do that. You can change the law. See, they don't care about that. They intrude from the dais. They can't stand it. Listen, they mistreated Sadie Darnell so badly, made her wait seven hours with her complete staff. And then when she got to the dais, they had already made up their mind. Lee Weathervane Pinkinson stumbled and mumbled and meandered around, couldn't admit the truth that they'd already made a decision before she got there. That started the Ward Scott fraud files. That was the beginning of the Ward Scott files. We looked into that, and my God, they kept her to just be mean to her. And as a result, she crossed party lines and supported Sue Baird, and we booted Cynthia Chestnut out of office. That was pretty courageous, but it was, it was tit for tat. You do me, I do you. I mean, this is not right. So they have never liked the sheriffs. They didn't like Ulrich. They don't like the publicity the sheriffs get, for one thing. They don't like they can't micromanage them for their own ideology. So the kid who wrote the article in the Gainesville Sun didn't have a clue. And unfortunately, for so many of these people who write these articles, you have to take them aside and educate them before they can write the article because they don't know what they're writing about. So in this particular case, a disgruntled deputy who'd been around for a couple of years goes to a sympathetic, clueless commissioner, Mary Helen Wheeler, and some kid gets tipped off the newspaper. There's a story and botches the whole thing. You know, it's it's not something that the sheriff should be even responding to because they cannot respond to these knee jerk reactions out of these politicized commissioners who don't have any business micromanaging their budget in the start, in the beginning. So I, I entered that into our testimony today. I'm going to take a little bit of a break now early, about five minutes early, and I'll come back and do the weather. Then I'm going to get into a story that uh, I think you'll be most interested in. So let's take a break early production for the weather. Thank you. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. 
Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, thanks. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. This is Ward right, Scott. Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. And I want Special to thank Ward Scott all our sponsors who keep Files. the show going and pay the bills. You. Thanks to uh, Lewis Oil. Lewis Oil is a great supporter of the show. Uh, all the Chevron stations, Lewis Oil, and um, they are still pumping gas. We're not doing the electric cars. My God, I keep hearing all kinds of horror stories about electric cars. Good morning, Danny Lane. Um, here's our problem coming up. We are not out of hurricane season, believe it or not. We are going to get clobbered uh, late Wednesday night throughout Thursday. The entire state is covered in rain, as the forecast has it right now. It is going to move across the state from, it's, it's doing squirrely things out there in Atlantic, but it's going to come right up um, through our state. It's not going to be the violent wind event, as it is right now anyway, that the previous hurricane was. But this one is going to be a big rain event and a big tropical rainstorm. Uh, and it could probably increase the impact uh, a little bit more. It has a warm core. It's consolidating compact areas of rain and thunderstorms. Um, it's going to be uh, taking pretty good shape here real soon and impacting us and coming right up uh, through the state. It's going to really have a storm surge on the eastern coast. It's scheduled to come in around Fort Pierce right now. And um, once again, stormy seas will be uh, there affecting cruise lines and things like that. But um, uh, this is uh, going to be uh, uh, 13 named seasons so far uh, in 2022. And of these seven have become hurricanes with two major ones. So um, we're not going to think of this as a major one, but it is going to be major in terms of its rain event. And believe me, there'll be some wind with it. So... Uh, this is what's coming. Right now, we've got a fairly mild day. Uh, this, incidentally, is going to be already starting to gust winds in a day or two, uh, and it's going to go right on up the beach, as you know, 
up the East Coast and up through Georgia and that area. So that's going to be a rain event. So get ready for this storm. It is uh, something that uh, will hopefully uh, be the last one we have to experience. Uh, We'll be into now just pretty far along in the month of November when this one hits. So uh, that hopefully, hopefully will do it. You would think it would. It has got a really strange um, kind of pattern right now. If it holds true the way it's going, it's going to cross the state, go out into the Gulf, pick up some warm water and come back across the state, probably right over us. Um, this is a uh, uh, situation that has uh, um, not much difference. It's already deluged uh, Puerto Rico. And so you'll be getting this uh, in our way soon. Right now it's a tropical rainstorm and um, with a big rain event. All right, we're going to switch over now to the title of today's show, which is um, why has we have mysteriously closed a criminal case, which you all know about as the Grotos Riles versus Fossard case. I'm going to give you a little history of this case and, um, and, and let you bring you up to date. I know it doesn't live in your mind the way it does those who were involved in it. And we certainly have all the documentation and all the data. And let me say, uh, before we get into this, that I know all the people involved in this. Uh, this is a community we live in. I know every single person, have interacted with every single person. Uh, I'm not taking sides with anybody in this. I am the news, and I'm going to share with you what we get from our sources, and our sources are uh, the, the vast and, uh, um, and, and connected uh, Ward Scott research team. Ward's God Files research team, from whom we get all sorts of information. We evaluate it and uh, be uh, for, you know, whether it's appropriate and what it is before we ever use it. Now, let's go back to August 19, 2019, when this case was a civil case. Lodrotos uh, uh, and Riles sued Balsart for commissions owed. And now that case now, as we speak, is closed. The Riles Grotos got all their commissions plus a lawyer's fees, and the arbitrator got paid. And that came to about $1.3 million total from uh, Boss Hart, uh, probably paid by a mortgage taken out on uh, the real estate building, as we understand it, for about $1.5. So that was probably paid with the money taken from that, because I've been asked whether or not the liability insurance covered that, and that would be something very interesting to look into, and we probably will if we can look into that also. Now, after that, you have to go forward all the way to uh, uh, June 2nd, 2021, um, to get the SWAT team invading the Collier's office and tying everybody up, including innocent bystanders, holding all the weapons on them, putting zip ties on them. And uh, we did a whole study on that matrix as to determine how it was arrived at. It was really funky. Uh, we thought maybe it was fudged um, to create that type of clamor and hysteria about simply going down there to uh, seize evidence before it was destroyed, if that's the justification for doing it, which is apparently what the justification is. So um, then you have, of course, um, um, the the uh, ensuing June 25th, 2021 Riles and Drotos uh, filed a defamation case and loss of income 
against Autumn Doughton, Kim and Aaron Bosshart, and Bosshart Realty. Um, keep these dates in mind. That's uh, about two or three weeks after uh, we have the uh, situation here where I'm looking for all my documents here, uh, where uh, uh, we uh, have that defamation case filed. Now, on August 24th, 2021, a felony case is initiated by Kramer based on a complaint from Kim Bossart, Aaron Bossart, and Autumn Doughton. People ask about Autumn Doughton, the name Doughton. That is uh, Mr. Doughton. He used to be the publisher of the uh, Gainesville Sun. That's his granddaughter, as I understand it. Um, I know all these people, so, and, you know, um, they are familiar to me. Uh, so on August 24, 2021, uh, there was a felony case initiated by Kramer, uh, who is the state attorney, based upon a complaint from Kim and Aaron Bossart and Autumn Doughton. Now, at this point, Kramer used a subpoena from GPD uh, based on funding from Bossart. Here's the sticky part of this story. Now, we know this from the Toronto deposition where Toronto says, uh, yes, uh, uh, they were approached and uh, spells out the whole situation on this uh, need for somebody to pay for evidence to uh, get this subpoena going. The problem with uh, the uh, getting the evidence was that it existed in the cloud and had to be obtained through something called app files. And GPD uh, through Toronto, and later he retires and passes it off to Detective Spink Pinkston, uh, didn't think they had the financial budget to, to um, pay for what it would take to go into the files and retrieve, quote unquote, trade secrets, which would be used as the evidence for the subpoena to charge Grotos and Riles theft of. So then since they GPD says we don't have the money to do it, uh, we're not going to do it. Then comes a very interesting situation for which in a moment we're going to play the tape and then I will put up an actual transcript of the tape. I think we'll probably play the tape two or three times. You'll have to listen carefully. And in this tape, uh, you will learn who funded the, uh, uh, um, the evidence, the, uh, the uh, procurement of the evidence. Therefore, then given to GPD to use to take to Kramer and a judge to get them to charge a felony on Drotos and Riles. Now, let me be sure you understand what uh, people are asking about here. Let's say that you and I are in an argument over commissions, over anything else. And so uh, you didn't pay me and um, I need a good reason to go after you. So um, um, you need a good reason to go after me because you don't want to pay me. So you say, well, I don't want to pay him because they stole some trade secrets. Uh, he did. And um, so really, uh, how you how you prove that? Well, you got to get evidence. Well, it's difficult and expensive to get that evidence because it's in the cloud. What is a trade secret? To this day, to our knowledge, nobody's ever defined it. The real estate people always all tell me there's no such thing. But anyway, this pig in a poke is bought. And um, then a party to the argument pays for 
the evidence to charge the person I'm in the argument with. Now, that would be like me saying, I want to investigate the state attorney's office. But uh, you say, the cops, you say, well, we're not going to do that. We don't have any evidence. And we're not going to take a bit extensive search to search the state attorney's office to find out what kind of hanky panky is going on there. We're not don't have the money to pay for it. And I say, okay, I'll pay for it myself. And when I get the stuff, you use it to charge the state attorney's office with whom I'm in an argument. And in other words, I'm buying an investigation. That's what it's been explained to me by law enforcement who've heard this. They're buying an investigation. Okay, Jason, are we ready to run the audio? Yeah, run it. No, you got to fix it so they can hear it, man. No, you got to fix it so they can hear it, man. Hi, Detective Kingston. This is Autumn Downton with Bossart Realty. And I Talk to the production. I don't think it's coming through. There it is. Jason, play it again. So um, they just requested that we just send over the subpoena again, I guess, as is the first time, how it went out the first time. And um, I hope that made sense. Um, my number is, of course, 352 Hi, Detective. Let me please once finish. And I know you're not at work yet, but I wanted to leave you a message. Um, I spoke with Aaron and we've spoken with App Files and they and I talked to him about like the pricing okay. structure and you know fifty thousand. I've got to turn down on my side because I don't want to hear um, what they say. Feedback. Is, just resubmit the original request. App files will bill us directly and not for like that full fifty thousand. I want to play it one more time after this, okay? Out with them and they will send us an invoice. So um, they just requested that we just send over the subpoena again, I guess, as is the first time, how it went out the first time. And um, I hope that made sense. Um, my number is, of course, 352 505 1278. Thank you so much for yeah, play it one more time. Um, the work you're doing. And tell really me what's over. Thank you. Bye. Hi, Detective Kingston. This is Autumn Downton with Bossart Realty, and I know you're not at work yet, but I wanted to leave you a message. Um, I spoke with Aaron, and we've spoken with App Files, and they and I talked to him about like the pricing structure and you know fifty thousand dollars. And basically, um, what they say is, if we just resubmit the original request, App Files will bill us directly and.
not for like that full fifty thousand. We we will work that out with them, and they will send us an invoice. So um, they just requested that we just send over the subpoena again. I guess as is the first time. Yeah, and then we'll come out and talk about it, and then we'll and, show it. Okay. Um, I hope that made sense. Um, my number is, of course, three five two five zero five one two seven eight. Thank you so much for um, all the work you're doing on this. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Okay. All right, Ward Scott, you're back here. I think you heard that. Now, what we're going to do, uh, played it two or three times so his production was getting it up, and we had a little feedback from me. Uh, I'm going to look at the chat line and see if, uh, what, what kind of conversation you've got. Um, okay, I think somebody must have heard it. Now, let's put up the actual transcript here this, so you can see this. Let's put that on screen, please. There it is. We transcribed this for you so that you can see it. This is High Detective Pinkston. Oh, this is Autumn Doughton with Boss Heart Realty. And I know you're not at work yet, but I wanted to leave you a message. I spoke with Aaron and um, I spoke with Aaron and we've spoken with App Files. And they and I'm talking about like the pricing structure and fifty thousand dollars. And basically, um, what they say is that we just resubmit the original request. App files will bill us directly and not for like that full 50,000. We, we will work that out with them and they will send us an invoice. So um, they just request that we just send over the subpoena again, I guess, as in the first time, how it went out the first time. And um, I hope that makes sense. And, of course, there's the number. It's public record, so you have it, and the thank you. Now, let's talk about that for a moment. This conversation was preceded, obviously, by another conversation, which we don't have, where GPD apparently from this conversation was told it would cost $50,000 to go into app files to retrieve the trade secrets that were stolen allegedly by Boss Hart and or by Rotos and Riles when they left Boss Hart. Evidently, of course, GPD balked at that, saying, We don't have that money. I'm just filling in the blanks, speculating here. And so, upon rejection by GPD, now, you correct me if I'm wrong and uh, uh, see if you see a different possible narrative. This is all a narrative now from what you see here. <clears throat> uh, Boss Hart Realty decided, well, we're not quitting. We'll pay for the thing that GPD couldn't afford. And obviously, there's been a deal made, you would think, based upon this conversation, where App Files is not going to charge Boss Hart Realty $50,000. They're going to negotiate that. Now, we don't know what was spent. We don't know what was spent, finally, to pay the App Files to get the information. But we do know that the very same Subpoena request apparently 
was resubmitted because what is set here said here, we just send over the subpoena again, I guess, as is the first time. How it went out the first time, um, I hope that makes sense. Now, there you are. How was the investigation into um, Gotros and Riles paid for? Apparently paid for by a party to the dispute, which the police then used. A judge signed off on and the state attorney used to, on August 24th, 2021, initiate a felony case against Boss Hall and Rotos that has cost enormous amounts of money and has been running right up until uh, well, the felony filed was filed February 10th, 2022. The case just closed. Um, the mediator in the case was Rod Smith. And we're looking into who paid for that and how that was paid. That's another expense. Did the taxpayer pick up any of that? You know, the taxpayer supports the state attorney's office. This has cost money, the taxpayer money. So now I've been asked all sorts of questions, which I'm not going to uh, be the one to answer. I'm just going to present this evidence for you and you can uh, do what you like with it. But is it normal for a party to a dispute to pay for an investigation against the other party and for the police to use it and the state attorney to use it? From what I have learned is it's not, but they never heard of it, but you check it out. Um, the case is closed with gag orders all over the place. So you're not going to get anybody involved in the case to tell you what's going on. But since the case is closed, the file is open. So uh, we will continue to, and the Ward Scott files, investigate this story because it's interesting. It took so long, involved so many innocent people, cost so much money, how did it come about? Why did it come about? Who perpetuated it? Who signed off on it? Why has it dragged out this long? A lot of questions. What, if any, culpability do the legal offices have in this case that are not, how shall I say this, normal? We're going to look into that, too. Uh, so this is really chapter one, and a lot of this is to be uh, 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 the, the people who have supported this and have uh, uh, the Ward Scott files with members of the research team and who uh, stay in touch with us uh, say there's more to come. Uh, there are more documents which we will get. So I wanted to share that with you. It's been going on for quite a while. Uh, We'll probably play uh, the audio one more time here. Can we do that, please, sir? Um, Jason, let's play this audio one more time.
Hi, Detective Kingston. This is Autumn Downton with Art Realty, and I know you're not at work yet, but I wanted to leave you a message. Um, I spoke with Aaron, and we've spoken with App Files, and they and I talked about like the pricing structure and you know fifty thousand dollars. And basically, um, what they say is if we just resubmit the original request, App Files will bill us directly and not for like that full 50,000. We, we will work that out with them and they will send us an invoice. So um, they just requested that we just send over the subpoena again, I guess, as is the first time, at, like, how it went out the first time. And um, I hope that made sense. Um, my number is, of course, 352-505-1278. Um, thank you so much for um, all the work you're doing on this. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. All right, I'm just checking the chat line and see a comment here about the sheriff. The sheriff has absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing to do with this Brotos Riles uh, Boss Hart lawsuit. Absolutely nothing. This was GPD, Gainesville Police Department. Do not confuse the two. Gainesville Police Department with Toronto and Pinkston and some others are the ones who were the detectives on this who took information paid for by a party to the argument and used it in the argument to bring out warrants. Absolutely nothing to do with the sheriff. Don't be misled. Absolutely nothing. Um, Any questions in the chat line? Uh, we'll take a look at it. Uh, let me see here. Okay. Now, there are questions about the legality of the state attorney's behavior. Um, you know, I'm told that previous state attorney, Cervone, uh, did not see this as a criminal matter. And, and of course, uh, he saw it as a civil matter. The criminality, apparently, the, the felony criminal charge, apparently, rests on the alleged theft of trade secrets, the acquisition of which, it appears, as I say, according to this audio, was paid for by a party to the dispute. Okay. Good point, Sarah. Just checking those points out. Um, now, I want to remind you once again that for the first time in over 30 years, we have the opportunity to have real representation in Alachua County. Single member districts allows you to vote for the representative of your choice for your district instead of your representative being voted on by the county at large. Single member districts amplifies your voice, increases accountability, and reclaims true representation. So make your voice heard when you vote Tuesday by voting yes on single member districts. One last thing we can do here since we got just five or so minutes left is uh, talk about the university. A tenure reviewed is uh, now being tied, they say, to race instruction. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, we have got um, evidence out on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board of the one particular department there, of all things, 
the School of Theater and Dance absolutely evaluating their instructors in terms of their agreement to agree that they're racist. Um, I have heard that there's all sorts of attempts to dislodge the, the dean or the chair of that, whichever she is, I can't remember right now, and that hasn't happened yet. Um, people, and we've got that record if you want to go look at it. Yes, that sort of intimidation is going on at the university that you must admit that you are a racist in order to get approval in your teaching. We have got that documented, just as we just documented for you uh, how this investigation was paid for. We are all, have also documented for you the insistence that before you teach in that department, uh, you admit that you have issues with your racist attitudes. Uh, there you are. I mean, it's evidence once again provided to us by none other than people on the research team who get us information to the Ward Scott files. So um, right now, I hope you understand that um, we are all adjusting to Eastern Standard Time. Nee, many Christmas. I mean, if you think it's kind of bright out, it should be noon. Well, it's not noon. It's only 10. So uh, we'll just have to settle in and no more time will be spent on settling in on this change. Then we'll have to change again. Um, I've heard tell, once again, some discussion about doing away with the change. We'll see. I don't know. It has, hasn't happened yet. So uh, meanwhile, get used to a time change. And as you get used to it, uh, uh <laughs> Let me just check this check, uh, uh, here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Talking about the time change. Uh, well, I, I don't control it, Michael. There you are. So y'all have a great uh, day. We'll be back tomorrow with Ambassador Rooney talking about Ukraine. Warthog Command Center out.